Zach Wilson, I think, can actually be a league winner, right? Like, I think that Zach Wilson can actually be that go-to guy. And, you know, you probably made that – you probably got that championship belt last year, right? We oh, went yeah. from, Kings? from trophies yeah. – dude, the Kings belt. Like, that. I saw that belt. I didn't realize how heavy that belt was. That's a big sucker, man. You see the picture I tweeted my grandma with it? <laughs> no, I that. That's awesome. It was was so she able funny. to pick it up, or did you have to like put it on like her shoulder? She was outside, and she's like freaking ninety. Like she was outside just watering the flowers, and I was like, "Oh, Oma, like come look at this belt real quick." I was just gonna show it to her, and she takes it and throws it on her shoulder, and is like, "Walking <laughs> Dude, around that thing's with like forty five pounds like, or something." I, know. I, was like, I was like, "Oh my, that thing weighs half your freaking size." Like, what are you doing? 10 out of 10 for me, man. That shit was legit. I We did a bulk order, I think, because like the past champions were able to uh, apply for it. So yep. it was a hundred bucks each, man. Hey, I, you know, I, I lose a hundred bucks on a, on a regular UFC card trying to trying to bet on whatever's going on. So at least that one gets to uh, stay in my mantle for a while. So trophysmack.com. Dude, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one like fishbowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE to get your free ring. Intervention. Now here to intervene with your fantasy life, Shane Manila, Jacob Sanderson, and Chase Vernon. What is up, everybody? Welcome on into, yes, another episode of Fantasy Intervention. Oh, my God. I'm joined by Shane. What's going on, Shane? How you doing, man? Dude, what's this episode like 7,000? I think we're on episode 7,000. It might be 7,002, though. There were a couple episodes where I was like hammered and I don't even remember actually going live. So I I don't know if those count or not. I'm blacked out most of these episodes. I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I feel like you could be from time to time, but now we're coming in hot. We're coming in hard. Welcome on in fantasy football discussion, everybody on Twitter and YouTube. If you guys are watching on Twitter uh, and you guys have some questions for us, go check out youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. Once again, that's youtube.com slash fantasy intervention. So we can actually get those questions answered. Unfortunately, with the way the stream yards work and Twitter's working, we can't actually see your comments. So go to youtube.com. I can see comments. Not from, not from Twitter. Oh, not from Twitter. No. No, you got to go check it out on (laughs) YouTube.com slash Fantasy Intervention. So on the show sheet today, we have a few different things lined up. I'm going to go ahead and skip the recap from last week because it was absolutely brutal. Um, The the only guy that actually performed that we projected was going to perform was Adam Troutman, who went off and then ended up getting injured. So that was a big disappointment. However, we do have some things that I do want to talk about, uh, a couple games that I want to highlight. And of course, we're actually going to be bringing in some of these uh, questions into the chat as well. So if you're on YouTube, make sure you guys hit subscribe, hit like if you all want. And yeah, of course, leave those questions for us. I see Mike, uh, Giovanni, uh, Dustin, Scott. I see all y'all commenting. 
in the chat. So, so keep those comments coming, of course. And let's go ahead and break in this episode with last week real quick. Just a brief overview. I want to talk about the dose score, the dump-off containment efficiency score. This is a score that we developed to kind of tell when you can play pass catching running backs and when you can't. Uh, last week, Austin Eckler went off up against the Pittsburgh Steelers, which I actually have or had the sixth best dump off containment efficiency score. I believe he got like two touchdowns. He had, I don't know, six, eight receptions, something on those lines. Are the Pittsburgh Steelers falling apart, Shane? Like, is this something that we're seeing, you know, before our eyes where this team? It held together as long as it could without an offense. And now that the offense is no longer even an offense, it's just a complete, you know, dumpster fire, essentially. Are they just falling apart as a whole? Or do you think the Steelers are going to piece it together throughout the rest of the season? TJ Watt was out, right? I believe um, so. If he wasn't, they mentioned him not being on the field a lot. So he was injured a lot then. But either <laughs> way, he wasn't on the field any of the times I watched. Um, and then I, I feel like, I don't want to say it's easier. They have more pieces on – that's not true. They have pieces on offense too. It's literally just their line and their their quarterback that's trash, which is pretty important. Um, now I don't think their defense is going to fall apart, but it does get. I don't know if stressful is the word I'm looking for. It gets harder to keep playing good defense when your offense isn't playing complementary football. Um, so it could be a problem through the rest of this year because I think we are seeing the offense. Um, disintegrate before our eyes, which is going to keep the defense on the field and just make it harder for them to uh, <clears throat> harder for them to produce on the defensive end. Where'd you go? Did you leave? Oh, my bad. Sorry, uh, I was on mute. No, you uh, you sit there and you look at how the Steelers are having to stay on the field, and they had to play one of the most electric running backs in the league. So I think there are going to be certain weeks where they struggle up against you know, backs that are backfields that have committee approaches, you know, where you're going to be able to run constantly up against them and they're going to end up wearing down. I mean, this Steelers team is an older team as a whole as it is already. So I'm looking at the Steelers and the dose score in particular becoming somewhat of an afterthought as a top five team where you just want to avoid running backs or pass catch running backs against them. Uh, Big shout out. Dude, we got Taylor in the chat. Taylor, I haven't seen you in a minute, man. How you been? How you been? What's up, Taylor? And of course, we have a bunch of other people. Dan or Dylan McNay's in the chat. We got yeah. some good we got some Dude. good questions in here. We do. You want to start out with a question real quick before we hop on to our next dose score? Yeah, I like this Ayuk one. Oh, but we could do this. We have we'll Kamara see this one and then we'll hop on. Yeah, yeah. Uh Hunt, we have Madre, Hillard. Oh, I'm sorry, I should read the question out yes, loud for yes. the people not watching. There you go. Okay, Mike Peterson asks, I have Kamara out again, have CMC, and need my RB2 and a flex. It's got Hunt, Ramondre, Stevenson, uh, Hiller, Hilliard, Bateman, and Corey Davis. Um, I'm sticking Hunt in there, even though he's in a it's, – it's funny. I, I don't know what's going to happen with Ramondre. He looked really good last week, but he had 10 touches. Um, you know, 6.0 yards per carry is great and all, except we don't get fantasy points for yards per carry. Um, it's just going to be split between him and Damian, uh, Harris. So I'm going to stick Hunt in there who, again, even yes, if he's in a split backfield, he has a designated role and that role is scoring touchdowns and catching passes. Um, if you have to start someone else, I'm just going to keep going back to the Rashad Bateman. Well, um, the targets have been there assuming Lamar Jackson plays, um, the targets have been there. He just really hasn't converted them yet into any big fantasy production. 
What do you like? You're on mute again, uh, Chase. I definitely did not hit mute that time. I have no idea what's going on. Are you muting? Are you muting me? Like I'm, I'm very confused. I can barely figure out how to mute myself, <laughs> let alone you. That's weird. All right. So, anyways, uh, with Cream Hunt, he's somebody that you know I've I've liked from week to week, even in a you know a shared backfield. Obviously, the Browns they can't pass. I mean, they're completely just destroyed. So I'm actually going to lean Cream Hunt just slightly in this matchup. Uh, if they end up, uh, if they end up, uh, if he ends up playing, excuse me, if he ends up playing. Um, but I mean, outside of that, like, I, I think if he does not play, you have to go Bateman or, or Corey Davis in this, in this matchup and Bateman, we don't know what's happening with Marquise Brown. You know, even if he does play, he could be more of a decoy. I'm going to go Bateman in this one. He's seen the targets necessary in order to produce. All right, let's go ahead and bounce over to Giovanni or Hovani. Pick one, PPR, Ayuk, Crowder, or Kadarius Tony. And I know Tony is actually struggling right now with an injury. He can't finish games, and he's always hurt, but somehow he always ends up managing to play like the first three quarters of the, the next game, and it's so frustrating. He's just every, every, every time I read any practice report on him, it's limited or he got in a, a, a semi-practice today. Even if he weren't, though, um, I'd actually be going Ayuk, who is actually I just looked it up. He's 15th in target share over the last three weeks at the wide receiver position, which considering I mean, which is just good in and of itself. 15th at the wide receiver position when you figure I'm not great with math, but there's like 190,000 wide receivers in the league or so. Um he especially considering where he came from, where you know Kyle Shanahan um didn't want to play him at all, that he's really integrated himself back into the offense, <laughs> he's made himself a, a target, and then Crowder, and he has he brings upside too because of his yak ability. And then Crowder, I mean, I, I won't go Crowder, Crowder would be my third choice out of these just because the, the floor and the ceiling are almost the same thing. Yeah, you don't really see too much upside from Crowder. I mean, especially with Elijah Moore having almost like a breakout. And I love Elijah Moore this week up against the Texans. Uh, you know, Tony, first off, this matchup, like for the Giants up against the Eagles, the Eagles really struggle in the slot. If you go back and you look at every single wide receiver that's performed up against the Eagles, it's been a slot guy almost every single week, or at least they see a minimum of 30 or 40% of the snaps in the slot. So, I mean, I want to play Tony, but then you also have Shepard, who's ahead of Tony in terms of the practicing schedule. So now which one gets it? And the last time that the uh, all, or Slayton, Shepard, and Kadarius Tony actually played all simultaneously was week eight. And the only guy that got more than 20 routes run was Slayton. Every other player, and by the way, we're not even talking about Kenny Galladay. Kenny Galladay didn't even play this game. We had Colin Johnson and John Ross. Nobody saw less than 11 routes run, and nobody saw more than 18 routes run at four of the five wide receivers. So we could be talking about two wide receivers that just, you know, uh, they, they suck the life out of each other. They don't end up getting enough targets to be relevant. And in the slot position, you have to see eight-plus targets or so in order to be like a Cole Beasley. You know, in order to be like a, you know, like a Debo Sam, you have to see these targets. Well, Debo is a different animal, but you have to see A-plus targets in order to be efficient. So I'm actually going to fade Tony in this matchup, even if he does play. And, you know, I love Tony, so that's rough for me. I'm going to have to go Ayuk in this one. And Ayuk is still somebody that scares me a little bit. I mean, I have a decision to make between Brandon Cooks and, and Ayuk. And honestly, I'm still pivoting between both of those guys. So that's how low I have him. However, 
you know, it, it's tough. I'm still going to go IU in this one. And that's what, because of just that from what happened in the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's well, just going to, that's going to be something yes. that we struggle with the rest of the season is like, all right, can I really trust him? Or is, is he going to say something incorrect in lunch? And Kyle Shanahan's going to be like, you get no targets this week. And will they have to pass? I mean, I know this is a little bit of an advantageous matchup for him, uh, you know, but can you really trust them to, to pass the ball 25 plus times or so? I mean, Debo Samuel last week saw a very limited amount of targets, I believe, you know, he got all of his production almost on the ground. So yeah, Ayuk was good because Debo Samuel wasn't running those routes and getting those targets that he normally gets. Is I, is Debo Samuel going to take away those targets? Are they going to pass enough times? We know that they like to run. Vice Mitchell should be healthy this week, I believe. Should be in. Uh, you know, it's, I, how long it's does a, it take for a finger to heal? <laughs> uh, do we need to talk about Will Fuller? But I don't. I don't want to talk about Will Fuller. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and, and hop on to the Stowe score. And then, Dustin, I got your question lined up next. Um, on the other side of things, for the dump-off containment efficiency score, where we talk about pass catching running backs. And by the way, if you're on Twitter, I see that we have some new uh, listeners in. If you're on Twitter, uh, please go on to YouTube.com slash Fantasy Intervention. If you guys have questions for us, if you want, want to line anything up, uh, you know, Twitter, we're not allowed to see those those comments and stuff. So go to Fantasy Intervention or YouTube.com slash Fantasy Intervention. And join us over there for your questions if you're Fuck on Twitter. You, Twitter. Yeah, Twitter. All right. So there's a, a surprising game, at least, you know, from my point of view, where we saw the Raiders and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, Taylor, if you're in the chat, you could actually help us out with this. I mean, the Bengals dominated the entire game, but it feels like the Raiders are kind of falling apart. I mean, they went through a lot of, you know, drama thus far in the season with John Gruden, Henry Ruggs. I mean, it's just a shitty situation for the team. You know, because Derek Carr is trying to keep everything together and they go out there and, and they shit the bed. And the thing is, with the dump off containment efficiency score, the Raiders were ranked 30th and the Bengals were ranked 29th. Uh, you know, the Bengals or Joe Mixon didn't see a single target. And then on the other side, Kenyon Drake didn't see a lot of targets, which was strange because they didn't have a lot of. Well, they, Josh, Josh Jacobs is the new target hog. What do you have? He had five receptions for like 14 yards, I think, something yeah. like that. Yeah. It, it, he scored a 7.4 points in PPR leagues, which didn't yeah. hit the 8-point threshold. So, I mean, that that's tough. Like, you know, is this a team where, I mean, is Mixon, first off, going to continue to not see targets, which I don't think is the case? And what's going to happen with the Raiders moving forward as we really have no idea what to expect? Um, I don't think Mixon's going to see a large target volume um, for, for whatever reason, malpractice, stupidity, whatever. They just, he doesn't get the target share that we're ever going to want to see, right? Um, he had f five. No, he had zero last week. You're right. He had five, five, five. But he's good too. He has too many of those weeks where it's like these, too many of these runs where it's like he's got six targets, four targets, six targets. And you're like, they get it. They finally get it. Um, and unfortunately, with this coaching staff, what we've seen is they don't get it. Because then you'll have a week like last week where they give him zero targets. And then, you know, they'll give him he'll, – he'll go through another two-game stretch where he gets one target, two targets, one target. They take him off the field on third downs um, a lot of times. I'm not sure why. I, I I guess my only thinking is is maybe their offense is built in a way that they're like, look, we have Jamar Chase, we have T. Higgins, and – Tyler Boyd. Okay. Um, so it really doesn't make sense to dump off to the, to the, uh, to the running back. And maybe that's just not Joe Burrow's game, even though, you know, he passed the CEH a lot in college um, that one year they were together, but CEH was also running wide receiver routes. 
Um, so I don't know. It just at some point you got to say this is what it is, right? This has been a year and 10 weeks, 11 weeks of Zach Taylor's offense. This seems to be the offense. You just can't count on the target share to be there for him. You know, it's funny, Shane, is every team that Joe Mixon has seen those targets and scored double-digit fantasy points has been up against a team that's bottom 10 in the dose score. So, I mean, that's why I went with, you know, Joe Mixon so heavily this past weekend. Mm -hmm. Joe Mixon did let me down. But at the same time, I still expect him to, to see receiving work because they take advantage of teams. It's like they're watching the dose score or something. You know, like like the Miami Dolphins and Miles Gaskin. It's like they look at the dose score and they just know. They're like, oh, we can pass on this team. Yeah, and, you know, our buddy Scott Connor um, in the comments noted that, you know, targeting Mixon's not a focal point of their passing game. Never has been with Burrow or Taylor. Uh, he checks, you know, Boyd and Azuma. Uzuma, I don't know why I called him Azuma. Uh, Uzuma are the checkdown outlets and not uh, not Mixon. But yeah, and that just goes to the point. This is a year and 11 months that we've seen this. So this is what it's going to be going forward. And usually, I will say, Chase, the dose score is right on point. And let's not say we create it because that's a you create it. You created the dose score. Dude, I, I wouldn't be able to do it without everybody else helping me. So I appreciate everybody that has actually has contributed. Big shout out to Dave Fantasy over there on Twitter. Uh, you know, he kind of helped me get few a, th a few things get through a few things you know when i started out so big shout out to him but yeah so let's go ahead and hop on to our next question we have dustin in the chat is ingram playing tomorrow if not stevenson or tony jones and gasecki or knox so we're not injury experts by any stretch of the imagination I, I don't think that we can diagnose the ingram thing but it's not looking likely as of right now from what i've seen from guys like you know uh the real adam h adam hutchinson over there and edwin porus but, I mean, what are you thinking over there, Shane? Have you seen right. any updates? What's going on? No, he just he didn't practice again today, right? Um, and today's, uh, well, I'm trying to think of the math. Whatever. Tomorrow's the game, right? <laughs> it's Thursday. <laughs> so if you're not practicing today, I'm not feeling great about you unless you had practiced sometime earlier in the week and they were just like, this is just a rest day for you. Man, I don't know what Tony Jones can do, but – I also can't ever pass up a running back that I think is going to get a full complement of touches, right? I mean, again, Ramadre Stevenson has looked great, but I don't know that he's going to get more than 12 touches. I don't know that he's going to get more than 13 touches. In theory, Tony Jones could get 20. I mean, he could go for 40 yards on those 20 touches, but I, I and I'm not happy about it. I think I would go with Tony Jones. And then um, I would always go Dawson Knox over Gasecki. Uh, I don't care the matchup at all. <laughs> Dawson Knox is a stud, man, and they have an advantageous, uh, you know, matchup. Obviously, they're playing each other, so I mean, it's tough. Like when we sit there and we look at, you know, Tony Jones, he's not particularly a great running back. You know, they did drop Ingram for him, uh, you know, originally, but I mean, like, I don't like this matchup up against the Bills for Tony Jones. Even if he is the bell cow, like, what are we looking at? What, you know, what's not to say that the the Bills are pissed off and they come in and just dominate this game and you know, the, the Saints put up three points or 10 points. So they go down early and they don't even utilize Tony Jones. I mean, we're seeing some sort of breakout from Traquan Smith, arguably out of the slot uh, up against Teron Johnson over there. But I mean, it's, it's not, it's not a great matchup overall for, for Tony Jones, not a great outlook unless, you know, he does see the receptions, which, you know, they'll pass to him regardless, but you know, is what he's going to have like five catches for 40 yards. Well, that's nine points. So it is then, I, then I need him just to fall into the end zone somehow by accident, even if it's on a two point <laughs> conversion and it's a good week. 
Yeah, I mean, and that's an upside. That's an upside play. Like, that's the total upside. However, Ramondre Stevenson over there could end up having a massive upside up against the Titans. I mean, I'm going to take Ramondre Stevenson in this one, and then I'm going to go with Knox over Gusecki. I'm in the same boat as Shane on this one, although the Saints are good up against the tight end. I like that one. All right, Scott, happy Thanksgiving to you and to Mr. Dawson Knox, as I'm assuming he's talking to you. Are you Mr. Dawson Knox? Scott is. Scott loves Dawson Knox. <laughs> Scott Scott Connor, co-host of uh, Manic and Chill and third of a co-host. No, wait, third of a co-host. One of my other co-hosts on Dynasty Trades in Five. He has a Dawson, Dawson Knox man. I actually plan on bringing that up here in a minute. So I hope that Scott's still in the chat because uh, you guys t- actually talked about Trevor Lawrence today. And Trevor Lawrence is somebody that is on the tip of every songs. In fact, I made a trade offer for him. So <laughs> we're right in the zone, but let's answer this question first, and then we'll get to a trade offer that I made for uh, for Trevor Lawrence. All right, Donna Peoples-Jones, Tim Patrick, Traquan Smith. We just talked about Traquan Smith has been showing you know, somewhat of a feasible – he's been a feasible fantasy option. He's, he's not somebody that you want to run out there every single week. You know, they have a tough matchup up against the Bills, who I believe are number one up against the, the wide receiver position. Meanwhile, you have Tim Patrick, who just hasn't seen the targets since Jerry Judy's coming back. Don Peoples-Jones, who hasn't seen the targets, period. And when he is, it's not accurate targets. And he also hasn't been healthy. Uh, you know, this one makes me absolutely just gut-wrenching. And yes, Ben Waters. This face that you put, the emoji next to this, is absolutely perfect. That's how I feel inside while reading this, this, uh, this starter uh, set question. Oh, God. Um, Jesus. I can't pick any pass catchers on the um, the Browns, so DPJ is automatically eliminated. Traquan Smith going up against a tough defense, and he's actually seeing less of a target share than Tim Patrick is, which should be impossible considering the other wide receiver options on their respective teams. <laughs> um, and also, I, 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 something about Thursday game, Thursday Thanksgiving games, when you're not a traditional Thanksgiving uh, game team, like you know New Orleans, you shouldn't be playing on that day. And I think the fantasy <laughs> gods curse you. So I'm going to – and they salt all production. So I'm going to go with Timmy Patrick. Oh, man. Do you remember the the David Blau game? (laughs) Yes. Yes, I do. There's a reason that David Blau is still rostered in many of my leagues. It's because of the Thanksgiving game. That is it. That is the only reason. Yeah. Oh, man. For me – all right. So Baltimore actually allows the second most explosive passing plays per game. They allow – they've allowed 47 – uh, plays, passing plays, remember 20 plus yards thus far in the season. That's absolutely insane. Like 47 plays have gone over 20 yards. At this point, with this selection of players, I feel like the floor is low for all these guys. However, there's only one person with a high ceiling. And for me, that's Donovan Peoples Jones. I hate that pick uh, to an extent, but if you're shooting for the moon, if you're shooting for the moon, you need a touchdown and you need two or three receptions. This is an MBS type play. Right? This is a Marquez, Valdez, Scantling type play. Donovan Peoples-Jones, DPJ, is that dude that could actually win you this position battle. Otherwise, you could talk about sitting here with you know, three to five points for every single one of these guys. So I'm going to go with DPJ on that one. I just right. I can't I can't bring myself to ever select uh, ever again a uh, uh, Browns um, receiving option until Baker gets at least one of his surgeries taken care of it's bad it's bad and he's not accurate at all while passing downfield but i mean you just i can't ignore that that boom potential with dpj 
All right. So, Shane, you do this show, right? It's with two other hosts. Scott yeah. Connor, you said, is one. Yes. And who's the other one? Clay. And you can find it where? On YouTube? It's on YouTube. It's all exclusive to the YouTubes. There's no podcast of this. It's Dynasty <laughs> Trades in five. Yeah, so search that, guys. Check it out. Today, they actually talked about Trevor Lawrence, right? And Trevor Lawrence is a player who I, I'm not sure which one of your co-hosts. I'm sorry. I, I'm, I'm not getting this right, Scott, if you're listening. But uh, one of your co-hosts mentioned that the best output or the, the best rank that he's had this entire season was quarterback seven. He's fallen off since. He just lost Agnew. And in a dynasty league, I ended up moving Aaron Jones. And it's, uh, for, for Trevor Lawrence, all right, I'm sorry, I proposed a trade. Trevor Lawrence and a second round pick for Aaron Jones. I'm pretty much out of competition. I've traded for six quarterbacks in the past 13 months. I only have Josh Allen healthy on my roster. That's how bad it's been for me when it comes to the quarterback position. I just keep on having guys injured. Like for example, James Winston, uh, um, uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick. I was five and one. I haven't won a game since. So uh-huh. I needed to make a move. I had to make a move. I'm four and seven. Even if this doesn't work out for me, I still now, you know, accumulate another draft pick for the future. I don't have to worry about Aaron Jones and the competition between AJ Dillon. That's at least my thought process. No, this it's, is super flex, right? It's super flex. Yep. Yeah. This, I only have one quarterback. This is a slam dunk. Even, even though track T law, we're, we're all a little concerned about. And then also in the video, if anyone watches, Scott gives us reasons to not um, be so down on him. Um, this is a guy that was 101 in Superflex last year, right? Rookie drafts. And it wasn't, and it wasn't one of those like 101s by default. This was one of those like, I'm moving everything on my roster so I can get to that 101 pick, so I can get Trevor Lawrence to be my quarterback for the next decade or however long. You know what I mean? He's he was compared to Andrew Luck as a prospect. He's having a terrible again, not having a terrible year, but you yeah. encapsulated the issue perfectly when you the first thing you said about him is that he just lost Jamal fucking Agnew for the season. <laughs> that shouldn't even like you know what I mean? Like that shouldn't even be that should be a who? Like what? That's his seventh, you know what I mean? Like that's his yeah. seventh most targeted player. He it's was a, a punter most- and a cornerback. Yeah. <laughs> like he wasn't it's even a wide receiver. Second most targeted player behind fucking Dan Arnold. Like, that's all you need to know about that roster. Look, Marvin Jones is a nice ancillary piece. Like, he's a good third wide receiver on a roster. They don't have a wide receiver one. LaVisca Chanel is not it. They use him as a gadget trick player and not even good at that. DJ Chark went down. If you can make a trade like that right now, you give up Aaron Jones and uh, you get the pick back? or you, I don't even care if you gave up the pick, to be honest. No, no, you. I would get the second round pick. Yeah, I... If he accepts that, or if she accepts that, um, I hope they're not watching. I would, I would say that they are silly, silly people, um, and I would count that as a freaking slam dunk win for you. Well, you just, you just gave it away, man. You just literally told everybody that it was a, it was a dumb trade for them. If they're I'm watching, not saying that. Screwed. I mean, maybe they need a running back, and they have a surplus of quarterbacks. Maybe they, they have don't. fifteen of them. <laughs> I just cannot wait for Trevor Lawrence to land on my roster, and then him get hurt for the rest of the season. But let's not say that. Oh wait, I just said it. Shit. All right, let's move on to Juan's question, which we kind of already answered that. We're not really sure, but it's not looking good. We do not think that Ingram is going to play. And then Jamie in the chat, sit two, half PPR, Devontae Smith, Higgins, Waddle, Judy, oh. Gallup. It's close, please. Think about sitting Waddle and Judy. I mean, Gallup for me is a lock here. Uh, like, regardless, he's the number one lock. You know, CeeDee Lamb, if he does play, we don't know if he's going to be healthy. I mean, he takes a rough hit to the head or something. They might pull him out just off of, you know, uh, out of caution, not even worrying about, you know, a concussion or anything like that happening. 
So, you know, even if, if CeeDee Lamb does play, uh, Gallup is still going to be a lock for me. Meanwhile, Higgins is somebody that, that you want to run out every single week. Like you want to try and get him in your lineups and whatnot. So I, I don't, you know, I don't hate that. I, I like having Higgins there. And Devontae Smith has been good, but I'm really, really worried about the, the volume. Now, I do want to propose this to you, Shane, because James Bradbury actually really struggles up against quick twitch uh, wide receivers. We talked about this when they went up against Terry McLaurin, and y'all were like, no, no, you can't play McLaurin. Bradbury's on a hot streak. Thing is, is McLaurin isn't the same wide receiver that Bradbury's been facing or faced, you know, early on in the year. Uh, we saw McLaurin end up with a touchdown, a few receptions, and that's not even a pass-heavy team. Devonta Smith, although the Eagles have not been pass-heavy as of late, and he's seen very limited targets and pretty low, you know, accurate-wise targets or accuracy-rating targets, uh, you know, Devonta Smith is somebody who could always have a breakout game. And I actually wrote my DFS article for playerprofiler.com today, and I was talking about Devontae Smith. So for you being an Eagles fan, would you play Devontae Smith this week? Um, and if not, you know, who would you opt for out of the selection? And would you do anything differently for me? Because Judy is still right there on the borderline for me of a guy I want to get into my, to my lineups. All right. So I'm never, I'm not sitting Smith, not in that offense. He's had uh, four receptions and at least 60 yards, at least four receptions and at least 60 yards and five, four of the last five games. Um, no, they don't throw a lot, but when the Eagles do throw, it, it's always to Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. Like those are the two that are just, they, they, he has a 30% target share over the last three weeks. Um, so I'm not sitting him. My main thing with this though, Jamie is I trade. God, like you need to consolidate these wide receivers. Like these are all this, not, I don't want to say they're the same guy, but these are all guys that are the same guy. <laughs> I'd say Waddle. Waddle. Waddle should have the most upside of these guys, right? But unfortunately, in the Miami offense, he doesn't because they've decided that he's just going to be, I don't know, I think his ADOT is negative 14 yards. Um, this is a good problem to have. You're always going to choose wrong with these. Anything God. I tell you is going to end up being wrong. Scott Fishbowl. This is too yeah. reminiscent of the Scott Fishbowl so far this year for me. I mean, I don't want to say Judy. Judy's... Judy's the alpha in Denver. Like all the target chairs, him. I don't want to sit any of these guys. Go find someone else to sit. I don't want to tell you. I'm not sitting anyone. Go make a trade. <laughs> I see if you're on sleeper, you can sneak one of these into the running back position because for some reason there's a bug with the sleeper system and you can do that sometimes. So see if you can <laughs> slide one into the running back. But if you're going to make me, force me, I'll sit Waddle. And Higgins, even though, again, I don't want to sit anyone. You're on mute again. You're on mute again. What the hell? This is so – oh, no. I don't know what. I don't know what I'm doing. All right, anyways, I did have a question real quick come in from – wait, where are we? Um, Here it is. Dylan, I was talking about the DOE score earlier. It's D-O-C-E. It's the dump-off containment efficiency score, which actually ranks your ability to play pass-catching running backs up against certain defenses. So if you go to fantasyintervention.com slash D-O-C-E, you can actually find the, the dose score. It's uh, been hitting at an 80% rate or higher in all but two weeks thus far since we started grading it in week four. I mean, we used it from weeks one through three, but we started grading it in week four, and it hit on six out of the 
eight weeks at over an 80% hit rate. So go check it out, fantasyintervention.com slash D-O-C-E. So what's the short answer? Short answer is it's uh, if you're looking for running backs or flexes to put in, go check out the dose score because it's going to help you with that. Yeah, yeah, there we go. <laughs> you're, you're so sensible, Shane. All right, so I want to know real quick before we hop on to our final segment, we answer a few more questions because we still got questions lined up and we'll, we'll get to all those questions. Um, I want to hear from you about the Nagy news, right? Because Nagy was supposed to get fired according to, I think it was patch.com, which I don't even know what the hell that is. What the fuck is patch.com? He had a blue Twitter. He was verified. Remember when that used to matter? I, I, I don't mean the salt on anyone that I, and I, 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 I didn't mean to say it like that. It used to, but like when someone was verified before I used to go, Oh wait, they're a fucking like journalist. Like they have like, you know what I mean? Like not that us fantasy folks aren't journalists, but like we don't have Intel with the teams. Like you used to see a blue check Mark and go, Oh, that guy is a beat writer or, you know what I mean? He covers the team. So he knows inside information now the blue check mark doesn't mean that anymore. You know what I mean? Because they've, yeah. they've given it, they've expanded who gets it, which is great for a lot of in the fantasy community. It's just, I used to really kind of rely on that to be like, can I trust this news? And I mean, anyhow, so, so this is my thing with, with that news, right? It's like they didn't, the ownership didn't come out and deny it until today. I mean, they came out two days ago, three days ago. Like, why didn't they come out right off the bat and said, Hey, that's not true. Why did they wait for so long to actually say it until this afternoon. I mean, are we talking about a possible fire? Maybe not might not happen this week. Cause I thought it was weird. They would say it and then plan to fire after this week. I know it's a short week, but like they're, they're playing the lions and there's a chance that the bears blow out the lions and then you're firing him on a win. That would make no sense to me. Yeah. I think, I think they're just putting it out. Look, he's getting fired at some point. Right. I mean, that's the, the long and the short of it. He's starting to, because you can already see that there, you know, there's articles coming out how the the ownership forced him to start Justin Fields, even though he didn't want to. And, you know, I'm sure that's his agent or him leaking that out there. So it can look like a defense as to why um, he didn't create an offense for Justin Fields, I guess. I, I, I'm not really sure how that makes him look better. But you know what I mean? He's going to get fired. I, I hope it's sooner than later, because the longer he's there, the more damage he does to Justin Fields. And I need him to just go away immediately. Um, yeah, if he loses, um, if he loses to Detroit, I, I think you have to fire him, right? I don't think you have a choice. Oh, if he loses to Detroit, he's done. But what if he won against Detroit? That would be it, super awkward. What's he get? One more game? I mean, that's where we're at with them, right? At most, it buys them another week. Because even if they win and it's a close game and it's not particularly um, well played, um, you know, and there's just like some bad coaching decisions that are obvious, yeah. like using bad timeouts, things that bad coaches do. So co things that Matt Nagy is want to do. Um, there's a good chance he's going to do them and he ends up getting fired anyway. All right. So let's hop on to another couple questions. We'll hop on to our segment, our final segment of the night. We have Juan coming in, Juan Pablo, Sagala, Lopez. He says, do you guys think Elijah Moore will keep up his production now that Zach Wilson is back? I personally am actually a fan of the Zach Wilson, Robert Sala marriage. It's going to take a while for Zach Wilson to get in the NFL. Like just because he sucks this year does not mean that he's going to be a bad quarterback. It's going to take time. This offensive line is still molding. Kai Becton has been hurt once again. Uh, the wide receiver room has been in and out. I mean, it, it's been rough, rough sledding for the Jets, 
you know, so far. But honestly, like, I feel like this team is somewhat coming together. You're starting to see hints of them actually figuring out. And with Zach Wilson, he actually had the highest completion rate of quarterbacks for passes that went 30 or more yards. Now, I understand that that's not, you know, indicative of what he does in the NFL because he was in a super easy conference. But either way, he still had the highest completion percentage since 2012 of quarterbacks with passes of 30 or more yards on the field. Then you took look at the offense they brought over with Mike LaFleur, right? The Shanahan offense. And the Shanahan offense, over the past two seasons, the two quarterbacks with the best deep ball completion percentage, we have Nick Mullins and we have Jimmy Garoppolo. Nick Mullins is 2020, Jimmy Garoppolo is 2019. What is Elijah Moore? What do they want to utilize Elijah Moore for? I think it should be more of the slots, but obviously they have Jamison Crowder. So they've been using him for the long bombs in a lot of different instances. You know, they he targeted Elijah Moore over it was two full games and two half games. Zach Wilson targeted Elijah Moore 23 times, so it's pretty much 23 times in three games. It's seven targets that he's attempting downfield in most cases to Elijah Moore. It, they weren't accurate, he didn't have a high accuracy rate. And I think he completed like 50% of them or something like along those lines. I think it was three, 53%. But I think that Elijah Moore is going to be okay with Zach Wilson. I think he's going to be just fine, and I think he's still going to have the big playability. I think the biggest thing that Zach Wilson is going to do is he's going to realize, hey, I cannot be the next Jameis Winston and just continue to chuck it downfield and just take shots that, uh, you know, I, I shouldn't be taking. You know, he's sitting there thinking that his arm is way better than what the defenders are, and that's not the case. You know, he's not accurate. The defenders get in the way. There's a lot of contested catches that probably should not be even, you know, attempts to that receiver. I think that he's just going to be just fine. I think Elijah Moore is somebody that you can rely on. Uh, Britt Flynn, at Britt underscore Flynn over there on Twitter, actually brought to my attention that over the past four weeks, Elijah Moore is the wide receiver one for that four-week period, which I think is kind of crazy. I, it, the truth is we don't know. I mean, we hope, and we hope that Zach Wilson has absorbed some of what he's seen while he's been out. If you have a, if you have an option that you – no has been producing better on a more consistent basis that there's not a change to their, you know, what's going on. If there's not a change to their quarterback, there's not a change or any reason to think that something might change play them. But if you don't then play Elijah Moore, it, it really depends on your options. I like it. I'll take it. Let's roll with it. All right. We have, Oh, Scott Connor brings up Dontrell Hilliard. Without McNichols, 10 targets last week. Great. They're going to be McNichols this week. <laughs> uh, Wilson or Burrow? This is on you, Shane. Go ahead. I'm not playing Russell Wilson under any circumstances right now. I think he's scored less than 20 points every week that he's been back. He, he was awful the last two weeks. Um, no, I'm not I'm not touching Wilson right now. I again, and I don't care about Burrow's matchup. I'm taking Burrow. Man. This is super, super tough, but uh, yeah, I'm going to go Burrow. I know it's an advantageous matchup. You know, Washington's obviously lost a lot of the pass rushers, but they do actually look better, you know, up against passers thus far in the past two weeks, shutting down Tom Brady and then only allowing Cam Newton to get 189 yards, although his rushing upside was there. So uh, I'm going to go Burrow as well. Let's see. We got David in the chat. He said, start Buffalo D tomorrow or plug in a D off of waivers. Um, yeah, you well, start Buffalo D. Yeah, you, you, I don't know if anyone saw what the Eagles. Uh, the Eagles were just absolutely smacking uh, the Saints around last week until the fourth quarter. If you didn't watch the game, it looked a lot closer than it actually was. <clears throat> Trevor Simeon's really not good. 
And if there's no Mark Ingram and obviously no Alvin Kamara, uh, that could get ugly. All right, let's do one more question. Then we're going to hop on to our first segment. Dylan McNanny, I think that's how you say it. Uh, he said, what's uh, Knox worth in a 12-team Superflex tight end premium dynasty league? Ooh, uh, I'm going to say a, a second, mid-second round pick. I mean, I think that he's solid, but I just don't know how long of a career he's going to have. I mean, it feels like whoever the Bills plug in at the tight end position sees targets, sees touchdowns for the most part. But, I mean, I like Dawson Knox. I don't want to say he's, he's worthless. That seems mean. Um I don't know what the premium is. I'm going to accept it's 1.75. I'd give up an early second. Um, I give up a couple seconds. I try not to give up a first, but if I really, really needed them, and if it's two tight ends, I'm giving up a first. If it's 2.0 uh, PPR for tight end, I'll give up a first. Um, what if you have them? If I have them? Yeah, I'm not selling them. I'm not trading them unless I get a first. That's it. Like, there's no reason to really not in a tight end premium. Like I'm getting the production every week. Unless someone's going to give me a first, I'm not going to move off of them. Even if you have like, you know, Mike Kosecki. I'll trade Mike Kosecki. <laughs> 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 All right. So let's hop on to this, uh, this first segment that we have. It's we're picking a quarterback outside the top 15 and a tight end outside the top 15. Uh, based on ESPN rankings. And we're picking a running back and a wide receiver outside the top 20, once again, based by ESPN uh, rankings. We're going to try and get these players inside the top 12. Last week was brutal, uh, absolutely brutal. And honestly, it had a lot to do with like the game flows and the injuries, such as the one to Justin Fields. But regardless, we didn't hit. So we need to hit this week. We need to hit because Jacob is not here to participate. This is our first week without Jacob doing this, and we both need to smash on every single one of these picks. And I feel like I should have taken somebody else because Jacob's not here, and I kind of wanted you know, to leave a little bit of an open window by going with, I think, Carr's ranked at, at 16 for the quarterback position. But I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to start out. I'm going to start out with Trevor Lawrence. Okay. <laughs> uh, we talked about him earlier. I, I I feel like he is a strong play in this matchup up against the Falcons. If there was any chance for a rookie to get right, it's this week up against the Falcons. And honestly, like Chenault has been misused, right? He's been miscast in this, <clears throat> this gadget role. Chenault should be catching passes, not downfield, downfield, but at least six, seven yards downfield out of the slot position being left one-on-one -on -one with smaller corners, being left one-on-one -on -one with slower linebackers. I don't think Chenault is the greatest flex option to ever come out of this. I'm not, I wasn't a Chenault believer prior to the season. However, I do think he's being misused. And if we can get him a little bit further downfield because Agnew's not seeing the targets, I think that Trevor Lawrence could actually benefit from that and benefit from the yards after the catch that Chenault can get. So I'm going to take this Falcons matchup. Match I'm going to take Isaiah Oliver in the slot, and I'm going to hope that – uh, you know, LaVisca Chenault just lays the hammer down on this Falcons team and, and take Trevor Lawrence and the rushing upside, because guess what? They've been arguing about them using the RPO more often. And they had a meeting on Tuesday or on Monday. They're talking about using it this week. So we could see a significantly higher upside. It's possible. I'm not saying it's guaranteed, but it's possible we see a significantly higher upside from the rushing capabilities of Trevor Lawrence and the Falcons are absolutely uh, they're horrid up against pass uh, or up against rushing quarterbacks. 
They over-pursue because their defense is bad, and it leaves the back end open constantly. Well, yours is a really thought out, um, really thought out argument. Um, <laughs> just because no matter how much thought I put into it, it seems to end the same way. I'm going with Tua because uh, why the hell not? Basically, at this point, looking at the matchups for the bottom, anyone outside the top fifteen, it's not pretty. It's like not. the 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 best in quotes is probably the Derek Carr one, but. Yeah, that team's just falling apart. I mean, Philly's defense is really good. They're going to – really good is a strong word, but they're good. They're going to maul Daniel Jones. Only other guy I can think of besides two is maybe Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah, Jimmy G was the other one I was looking at as well. Yeah, you know what? Let me, let me revise that. I'm going to go with Jimmy G. I don't like Jimmy G at all. But uh, the offense is firing on all cinder, cylinders, right? Um And if Elijah Mitchell's back, that means Devo can go back to being a wide receiver. And so maybe Jimmy can get some passing touchdowns um, and not have Devo uh, Hoover all the uh, yards on the ground. Yeah. Jimmy G was up there for me. Pretty much everybody you just mentioned, uh, you know, was an option. Daniel Jones being the guy because Jason Garrett got fired. Maybe the offense sees a little bit of a boom. But yeah, Philly's defense definitely worries me a little bit. I think this could be a shootout, to be honest with you. But either way, I'm not taking the shot on Daniel Jones. So I like both those picks right there. Um, I like, you know, your pick right there with Jimmy G. All Ooh, right. Running back. Running backs. You ready it's for the easy. running back? Oh, you know this one's easy, right? There are a lot of running backs, actually. 21, Miles Sanders. <laughs> this is the week, baby. There is no Jordan Howard in his way, right? There's only... Oh, wait. Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell, the ghost of Kenny Gainwell, who, who no longer plays... This is the first time, right, the first week that we're going to get to see Miles Sanders as the only real back in this new run-heavy approach. Like, I expect Boston Scott to see eight touches. I expect Kenny Gainwell to see four. But if Miles Sanders does not see 15-plus touches this week, first of all, just give up on him. Um, But this is the week. It's finally going to happen. I think he's going to dominate touches, um, hopefully dominate targets, hopefully not – start playing basketball and dribble the ball, uh, football on the field again. Um, but this is the week I'm feeling in my bones. This is the week it happens for Sanders. I, I'm on board Sanders. Actually, Sanders is part of my DFS piece that I did, you know, thinking that he could actually offer some plays in this, in this offense. And honestly, I don't think that he has to do it necessarily in the, in the receiving game, which I like for him. or I liked for him previously, you know, when I, or before the start of the season, I should say, when I thought they would dump it off to him at least, I don't know, 12% of the time. But uh, I, I like this pick. I think that Sanders is definitely a great option, and I would have taken him if I realized that Jordan Howard's out. I obviously did not read the injury report. So I'm going to be taking – oops, sorry. I left this up on the screen. I am going to be taking – where do we have it? Um, Javante Williams up against the Chargers. Chargers are very susceptible up against the run. You can't pass it against the Chargers, uh, you know, Teddy Bridgewater has been a shell of himself. I'm sure that they're going to not really let him pass at all. Uh, you know, Mike Davis or whoever's playing slot over there, I think they, they've been switching it up somewhat, but I think Mike Davis is the – no, Mike Davis on the outside. Who's the guy from Denver that they brought in to play slot corner? Oh, you know I'm not going to know this. I know who it is. I can't think of it right now. Anyways, uh, the Denver's defenses look great. The slot corner over there is solid up against the wide receivers to so Jerry Judy. You know, might have a little bit of a tough time. I still think that Jerry Judy will get the touches, but I think Javante Williams leads the way. He's over 100 yards on the ground, possibly a touchdown as well. 
uh, you know, and maybe three to four receptions in this game as the Chargers are actually very subpar against pass catching running backs. I'm looking at Javante Williams as a must play this week for anybody that has him rostered and a possible top five guy, uh, top five finish, at least for the running back position. Lock in Javante Williams, people. Lock in Javante Williams. It's going down. It's going down. All right. Let's answer this question real quick to get us started on the wide receiver position. Because we have the wide receivers next. Jeshua by Mamiller asks, I hope I didn't, I'm pretty sure. I'm, yeah, that was I'm you pretty, I'm pretty sure that's one of the worst ways you could have pronounced that name. By Miller? By Miller? By Mamiller. Miller. I'm I'm the I'm the names guy, you know that. So it's a by Mamilla Miller. <laughs> oh God, just ask him to say to his last name. All right, would you start? Who would you start between Mooney Renfro and Pat Firemuth? How, uh, how could uh, dude? It's Mooney. It's not even close, especially if Allen Robinson doesn't play. I don't think he's going to. Is he? Yeah. Has he already been ruled out? I, I don't think he has been, but um, he definitely uh. He definitely hasn't practiced yet, and I, it doesn't look like he's trending towards playing. And even if he is, I mean, I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings, but Darnell Mooney is the wide receiver one on that offense. He had a ridiculous 16 targets last week. It's just absurd. That is abs- – that's insane. Like, yeah. I, I, is that the most amount of targets to the wide receiver in the season? Or did somebody get 18? I feel like um, I'd have gotten 18. To, I'd have to check, but it's definitely up there. That's definitely a stat worth tweeting about. Um. But yeah, I, I yeah, it's it's Darnell Mooney and I like kind of Renfro in this matchup, but Darnell Mooney is so like so much further ahead on this one, especially in, in PPR. All right. What's going on? Jamie and Helena once again. Uh her elimination league pick between Baton or Mooney to play this week has the most upside. Uh once again, I'm leaning towards Mooney. I don't even yeah. really think it's too much of a question. Uh I like Bateman okay. I'm not a big Bateman fan. But I like Bateman this week. But, I mean, Mooney is a wide receiver one candidate this week, if not high-end wide receiver two. Uh, I, I don't see how you could go too many other ways in this matchup up against the Lions. I mean, that's, that's insane. All right. Well, let's see. Oh, by the way, Scott mentioned that we have Dynasty Trades in five. Might just have a Dawson Knox video coming very soon. So, and Dylan, it might involve a, a cameo. Uh, you have to talk to Shane because Shane is actually the agent that books the people for <laughs> Dynasty Trades of Five. Hey, that's me. All right. One more question, then let's hop on to the wide receivers. Hey, fellas, hope you all had a good Thanksgiving tomorrow. Wondering who to flex, Sanders, Colin, or MBS, and also Fant or Knox. All right, let me start this out by saying I wrote an article on MBS for trophysmack.com. It's going to trophysmack.com. If you go to the smack zone up in the top right hand corner, you'll actually be able to check out our articles. And I mean, honestly, like the the hate that I have for MVS this upcoming week is unreal. <laughs> I mean, we talk about a team that that doesn't allow explosive plays in a, in a matchup that is not advantageous. I mean, the, the Minnesota Vikings they went up early on the Green Bay Packers, right? And Aaron Rodgers was forced to attempt deep balls time and time and time again. And yes, MBS ended up hitting this week because of that reason. However, I don't see the Green Bay Packers going down early this week. I really don't see them, you know, passing, what, 40 times or whatever Aaron Rodgers threw for this past week. And it's not going to be much of a shootout in terms of, you know, a high-scoring game. MBS is not an option. Plus, with Alan Lazard coming back 
and you still have, you know, Cobb and AJ Dillon catch passes, of course, on the backfield. I just don't know where they're going to use MBS. You know, if you want to take a lottery shot, if you want to take a deep ball, MBS will probably see three targets. But I mean, over the past three seasons, he's only seen more than four targets three times. He's averaging one game per season that he sees over four targets. And this past one just happened to be one of them. I like MBS for for DFS purposes, but when it comes to your season-long leagues, fade MBS. That brings us down to Collins and Sanders. I'm taking Sanders because we talked about his breakout potential. Shane, do you have a different take on that? No, no. I I like MVS. I like him a lot more when Alan Lazard isn't there. Lazard's playing. It's not really a question. And Collins is is just playing awful. Um, I'm just waiting for Travis Homer to take over that backfield or whoever the hell else is out there. DJ Dallas, maybe. DJ Dallas. He got the touchdown last week, I think. All right, uh, Fant or Knox this week. Uh, Dude, I like Knox, but Fant has a phenomenal matchup up against the Chargers, who I believe are the worst team, or at least bottom five up against tight end position. Uh, Fant's going to hammer some shit home this week, I think. I also like Albert O to an extent, but. I've given up on trust in Fant. I mean, it's not even him. I I love Fant as a prospect. He, He was my tight end one coming out um, when he came out, but I just don't say it. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, why would I do that? Uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and play Dawson again. I feel like I've been forced into a lot of these Dawson Knox uh, <laughs> uh, uh, situations today. Oh man, you better get Dawson Knox on the, the fantasy <laughs> five show. All this love you're showing, we better put together a highlight clip and bring it to him. I, I, I'm still going to take fan this one. I just... I, I, in PPR, Fant has that big game potential, and I understand where you're coming from, Shane. I really do. Like, he's let you down. I did a study where I took all of his receptions, and 36% of his receptions or his yardage came on three receptions last year. 36% of his yardage. The one of them was like the Browns one. You remember when he broke mm-hmm. like three tackles? It was ridiculous. Yeah. So, and it was it was something like 40% came on uh, five total receptions. So. It, that's not good. That's not good. All right, let's hop on to wide receivers. We have Michael Gallup for my pick. The, the wide receivers are – there's a plethora of wide receivers at this position, to be honest with you, um, that could abs- uh, absolutely go off. And Michael Gallup, regardless of CeeDee Lamb, uh, if CeeDee Lamb plays or not, Michael Gallup should be a smash play. I mean, we talk about back in 2019 where before they drafted CeeDee Lamb, and he finishes like wide receiver 17 or something along those lines. He actually out-targeted in a per-game basis, Amari Cooper. Uh, he's a very good wide receiver. Didn't start great for him last year. It just felt like Dak Prescott was never looking left because he was like, oh, I got CeeDee Lamb. I got this I got this precious little toy over here. I'm going to play with him all day and just completely forgot about Gallup. Well, that's not the case this season, uh, you know, since he came back from injury last week. It's, it's something where Michael Gallup is easily could be the wide receiver one of the week. And, and most likely going to be a top 20 option. But, I I mean, top 12 isn't – I think that's a pretty easy margin to hit for Michael Gallup against the Raiders. Agreed. I don't really have anything to add to that. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, who do you got? Um, yeah, I'm looking at it again. I hate everything. You took the easy, the the, the most obvious one. I don't want to say easiest. Do you want to um, take that one? Because I almost went with somebody else. No, I don't want to steal that. That's not your fault that I uh, 
I don't pay attention or I don't do my homework. Um, I, I still almost went with somebody else. So I don't how mind. is Darnell I, Mooney 25? That's what that was I, the other I, one. Fuck. All right. I mean, I guess I'm being forced to take Darnell Mooney. Um, <laughs> we already talked about this, right? We kind yeah. of explained why. I don't, Elijah Moore is at 24. <laughs> yeah, so I'll, I'll go with Darnell Mooney. Um, I told you there's a plethora of options this week. I how mean, do you not crazy. go against someone facing Detroit, um, again, without probably having Allen Robinson on the field? Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm going to go with Darnell. Devonta Smith is up against the Giants. He's yeah, he's you know, if I didn't take Sanders, I don't want to. I don't want to throw too many eggs in the one basket. There makes sense. Makes sense. All right, so let's go ahead and hop on to our next set of questions since we didn't spend much time on that. Um, <clears throat> let's see. Let's see. Uh, where are we? Actually, I don't know if we have any more questions lined up. If you all have any questions, line them up in the chat. Uh, right. It's mainly just comments that were going on. So let's finish the show out. We have the tight end position. And I hate my pick. I really do. Is there really... a good pick? I mean, really? Yeah. I just got four last week and two the week before that. And I think three the week before that. I was, I've was i been on a hot streak for the tight end position. Uh, but I hate this pick. I really do. Um, it was Evan Ingram. Oh, you're trying my old, uh, well, if they keep throwing the ball, eventually he's going to have to be useful uh, thing, huh? I like well, it. It's a combination of that. And of the Eagles just being absolutely abysmal to the tight end position. I think they're the worst team up against the tight ends. Uh, they've allowed multiple teams to just absolutely take them to the house. Uh, you know, Darius Slay has done well on the outside for most cases, and they've tried to stop the bleeding over there in the slot. But, I mean, to be honest, anybody that's in the short to intermediate route range up against the Eagles is going to get feasted on, or just going to feast, I should say. So Evan Ingram, for me, he has to catch the balls. He has to be relevant. Uh, hopefully, uh, I hate this pick. I mean, he doesn't have to catch the balls because he's been trying all year not to. I mean, I that's kind of been his thing. <laughs> it's so bad. It's like, oh, man, if, if there was a tight end that should be nominated to be the, the worst drop ball award, we're going with Kellen Winslow as a finalist, Evan Ingram as a finalist, and Eric Ebron as a finalist. And honestly, I don't think there's much question to it. I think Aaron Ebron, uh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Evan Ingram takes the cake. Eric Ebron, uh, he's too injury-prone. He can get that award. Kellen Winslow can just get the, the idiot award for the tight end position. I'm sitting there, and I'm taking Evan Ingram for the, the most drops and the the most or the worst stone hands. I like it. I like it. Well, I don't like it. I don't like it at all, actually. I'm just going to keep going back to the Dan Arnold, Will, um, <laughs> especially with no Jamal Agnew there. I mean, yeah. If, it's just going to be the Dan Arnold show, I would assume. I assume he gets 15 targets this week for, you know, eight receptions for 60 yards. Um, so I'm going Dan Arnold um, literally because uh, Travis, Travis, Trevor uh, Lawrence pretty much has no one left to throw to. Um, so he's going to have to throw it to Dan Arnold. Yeah, Dan Arnold's seen uh, an explosion of targets. He was, you know, left empty-handed last week. but uh, yeah, yeah, but you got to trust the process, right? You got to trust the process. You got you got to trust the trade, you know. They got to script them open, right? Erpenmeyer, you know, like they they should uh they're professional uh yeah, no, I got nothing. It's 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 not pretty over there, but yeah, I'm I'll like I'll take Dan Arnold. All right, before we get out of here, we have one last question from Dylan. Dylan comes in and asks Mooney or Brandon Cooks this week, and it's kind of funny because one person put in the chat Brandon Cooks or Ayuk 
the other person put in the chat, Mooney or Ayuk. And obviously, like both of us ended up taking Cooks and Mooney. Um, but yeah, I mean, the other person was like, damn, like I, I'm I feel happy that I don't have to play Cooks or Ayuk. I actually have Mooney. So yeah, it's it's Mooney for sure. Mooney's a lock. Like Mooney's a top fifteen guaranteed wide receiver this week. Yeah, I don't same. I, we like Mooney a lot this week. I mean, most weeks, uh, most weeks this year, actually, I'd probably lean Mooney over Cooks, to be honest with you. But that's not a bad problem to have at all. Man, it's weird. It's weird not having Jacob here because we just got done with the show, and literally we're at an hour and forty-four seconds. The show is done. It's all over with. And now I just feel strange because we talked about football the whole fucking time. Yeah. So now we just tell people, which is funny because apparently I'm not the one that makes the show go off the rails. So that's good to know. (laughs) It's actually Jacob's fault for not talking football. All right. Well, thanks everybody for watching. Um, Have a great Thanksgiving or if you're Canadian, uh, whatever the fuck you celebrate. Um, Yeah. Wait, what do Canadians celebrate? I don't know. They celebrate whatever holidays we give them. Like whatever ones weren't good enough for us. We're like, you can have this little holiday. What day is Boxing Day? Uh, I feel like that's every other month. Um, but Jacob's not here to correct me on that. So I'm just going to say it's once a month. Yeah. Boxing Day. I'm pretty. Oh, it's the day after Christmas. Man, yeah. that's a. They have they have a Canadian one up there. I think Jacob explained this to us, but I wasn't paying attention because he was telling me about Canadian history, and I really didn't care. Uh, it's kind of like the time they just telling us about flooding and stuff. And we just ignored right. them the whole time. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. All right, guys, you all can go check out Shane is the worst at Shane. Go ahead. Oh, at Shane is the worst Dynasty Trades HQ podcast, Dynasty Trades in Five YouTube Mannequin Chill YouTube show, or writings at DLF and FantasyData.com. Very nice. Y'all can go find my content over there at fantasyintervention.com. The dose score at fantasyintervention.com slash D-O-C-E. Go check out which pass catching running backs you can play in this upcoming week 12 matchups. And then trophysmack.com. If you guys use promo code CIRCLE, you guys can actually get a free ring with the purchase of a trophy or a title belt. The ring is valued at $60. Use uh, promo code CIRCLE at the checkout. Make sure your ring or, or your trophy or your belt along with your ring is in your cart when you go to check out. And then, of course, playerprofiler.com, youtube.com slash fantasy intervention, and on Twitter at FF underscore intervention. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you all for letting us intervene with your fantasy football life. We're out. So trophysmack.com. See, they got these trophies that are like three or four feet tall. Like they're insane. You can get one like fishbowls on it. You can get one with like bobbleheads on it. It is sick, man. You guys got to go check out trophysmack.com. I mean, you heard it. Ian didn't even know. And he literally vouched for the company without even knowing the news vouching for it. Go check out trophysmack.com. While you're there, go enter in promo code CIRCLE. Once again, that's promo code CIRCLE. You will get a free ring valued at 60 bucks. So go check out trophysmack.com. Go enter in the promo code CIRCLE to get your free ring.